got down, there wasn't a lot of um, positive things to be able to say about yet. But every Thursday evening at 8pm, I would join my neighbours by standing on my front door to clap our thanks to the NHS workers who have kept things going so marvellously during this pandemic. And I must be honest, I love those times because everyone in my street was united together in one common cause. It gave me the chance to get to know my neighbours so much better, even though we had to converse from opposite sides of the street. This got me thinking about streets in general, and in my lifetime so far I've lost count of the amount of different streets that I've lived in. Maybe there's a bit of gypsy in me somewhere. When I lived in Nottingham, our street was extremely long, well over 200 houses, maybe more. We lived in number 167, and the street was cobbled with old-fashioned lampposts that we could throw rope around and swing on, and it, it just stretched on way after um, number 167. Maybe some of us in Emmanuel Christian Fellowship have lived uh, in very long streets and maybe some of us have lived in the same street all of, all of their lives. Needless to say, streets are important and sometimes in our lives we might travel down some famous streets that we read about in books or see on TV. In London, a place I've never had a desire to go to, but there are lots of famous streets there. Oxford Street with the big shops and stores, Threadneedle Street where the Bank of England is situated, and of course Downing Street, which has been the home of British Prime Ministers for a couple of hundred years. In the well-known board game Monopoly, I love playing Monopoly. I love to try and amass as many properties as I can. It focuses on train stations and streets. Bond Street, Pall Mall and Mayfair to name some. Television has some famous streets. Coronation Street which I've been running for 60 years this year, I believe, and is still watched by millions of viewers each week. Who doesn't remember Annie Walker, Albert Tatlock, Ina Sharples and Ilda Rodgen? A couple of years ago, the BBC had a series called The Street, which I particularly enjoyed which focused on the life of a different person in that particular street each episode. Then years ago, I'm sure some of the older members of um, Emmanuel will remember this, there was a series called The Duchess of Duke Street, and who could forget the popular children's programme called Sesame Street. I also, also remember an old police series starring Michael Douglas and Carl Malden called The Streets of San Francisco. That really takes you back. Music also gets the mental where streets are concerned. What with dancing in the streets, 
a last night terrace lovely song called the Streets of London. The longest street in Britain is reputed to be King Street in Aberdeen, which is said to be about two miles long. And one of the longest street names in Britain is St Martin in the Field Church Path. Musicals also feature songs about streets, with Miss Hannigan singing about Easy Street in Annie, and the song The Street Where You Live from My Fair Lady. As a child, I vaguely remember someone in my family buying me a book, which I really enjoyed reading, called The Family at One End Street. There was also a sequel as well, which I really enjoyed, but I do not recall who wrote it. Streets also get a mention, with quality streets, and I'm sure many of us love the chocolate and sweets and quality streets. There are streets in the Bible that have their own significance. And and today we are going to look at some of them and see what we can learn from them and how we can put the lessons we learn into practice in our Christian lives. The first street we are going to look at is Jealousy Street. Now I'll, I'll tell you a story about my mum. Many years ago when she was a little girl, uh, in her, the terrace where she lived, there was a girl called Pat. I think she was an only child. And, uh, but her parents uh, sort of bought her everything. She had a lot of things that other children didn't have. And one of those things was a beautiful fairy doll. And my mother was jealous as anything because she had this fairy doll and my mother wanted this doll for herself. Anyway, one day Pat had been out playing and she left the doll on a windowsill and she went indoors. And my mother took her opportunity and she took the doll, took it into her house and hid it. Now, Pat remembered her doll and went out and couldn't find it and there was a big search and eventually there was a knock at my mum's door and my my grandfather answered the door and then there was a lot of explaining to do. And my mum had to admit that she'd taken the doll only because she really liked it and she wanted one for the stairs with a few tears shed and a lot of um, apologies given. And Pat very graciously said that she would let my mother um, borrow the doll when they played together. My grandparents bought bought my mum um, a little black doll with gold earrings which she called Topsy. She'd like Topsy but it never compared with Pat's fairy doll. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all have taken a trip down Jealousy Street at some point in our lives. Whether we have been jealous of someone's good, good looks, their home, their career, their gifts and talents, it's so easy to wish we were in their shoes and had what they have. And it was no different for King Stoll. He'd experienced and achieved several victories in his time, However, the Israelites have been troubled and intimidated by the Philistines and their great champion Goliath. 
But a young slip of a lad with a heart after God called David killed Goliath and cut off his head. In 1 Samuel 18 verse 6 to 9 it says, When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out of the town to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and lutes. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain galled him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, and me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Oh dear, what an awkward situation. We know that God had rejected Saul as king because of his disobedience, but he was still king. And luring the women singing like, like they did must have dented his pride and even perhaps hurt him. It really did seem to be a case of out with the old and in with the new. David was young, handsome, brave, a national hero and the apple of God's eye. How the sight of him must have been like salt and salt wounds. His jealousy became so great that he attempted to kill David and caused him to go on the run and dwell in the cave of Adullam. Saul was troubled by an evil spirit and even consulted a witch in Endor to summon up a dead prophet. It seemed that his jealousy opened the door to lots of other awful things um, as well, which ultimately brought about his great downfall. A tip for all of us. Jealousy is a one-way street. Best avoided at all costs. Proverbs 1 verse 20 to 26 says, Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out in the gateways of the city. She makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Wisdom. How the people of Israel needed it. They needed to go down Wisdom Street. But they stubbornly cast it aside in favour of their own carnal knowledge. Rejecting God's laws and commands and then turning to idolatry and invoking God's anger and judgement. How very much like them we can be. After all, we are part of the human race and think that we can go it alone and can control our lives successfully. How wrong we are. We need God every moment of every day to guide us, advise us and show us how to live lives that are fruitful and pleasing to him. Oh, if only people outside of our church would go down Wisdom Street and realise that they need to hand over control of their lives to God. The Oxford Dictionary 
put it all in a nutshell. By describing wisdom as soundness of judgment in matters relating to life and conduct, knowledge, experience and learning. Let us continually walk down Wisdom Street in our day-to-day lives, ensuring that our living is balanced, well-adjusted and pleasing to our God and our Maker. Mark 11 verse 1-9 to tells us, As they approached Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there that no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it to you, and if anyone asks you, why are you doing this, tell them the Lord needs it and will send it back to you shortly. They went and found a coat outside in the street, tied at the doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that coat? They answered that Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks while others spread branches they had cut in the, from the, in the field. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Wow, what a triumphant entry into Jerusalem Jesus had. He was going down Hosanna Street. He was certainly flavour of the month at that time. And everyone wanted him to be their king and rule over them. Little knowing that he is already a king the king of all kings. However, it was only days later that many of those same people had changed their tune and were crying, Crucify him! Crucify him! What hypocrisy! But are we any different? How many times have we been down Hosanna Street, professing our love for Jesus and how magnificent he is? Then when someone upsets us or things don't go our way, we start to scream and shout and rant and rave and say things that we wouldn't ordinarily say, thus ruining our witness. James 3 verse 10 and 11 says, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? It's sobering stuff, isn't it? If we happen to take a walk down Hosanna Street, professing how great our God is to others, then let's make sure that we walk the walk as well as talk the talk. In Luke 14, Jesus tells a story of a man who prepared a banquet and invited many guests. He sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they began to make excuses. One said, Oh, I can't come. I bought a field and I've got to go and see it. Surely you would have seen it before he purchased it. Another said, Sorry, I can't come. I bought five yokes of oxen and want to try them out. And still another guest said that he, he had got married and couldn't go. The one going the banquet naturally became angry at their excuses 
and all that is servant to go, go into the streets and the highways and byways and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Not one of the guests previously invited got a taste of his banquet. Excuses Street. How often have we read of people in the Bible making excuses? How often do we make excuses about things? Moses, I'm slow of speech. Gideon, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. Yet God used both men mightily. Is God asking something of some of us? Is there something he wants us to say or do as individuals? Are we burying our heads in the sand, pretending we haven't heard him? Or are we making excuses? Oh, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too shy. I'm not clever enough. And so forth. Rubbish. If God can use a donkey, he can use that. We need to get real and step out of any complacency and cosy comfort zones we may be in. And step out in faith and be obedient to what he requires us to say or do. Excuses Street, we most certainly don't need a trip down that thoroughfare. Excuses don't carry any favour with God. He had no time for them. So let's cast them aside and obey his commands for our lives. Acts 9 verse 10 to 18 tells us all about the dramatic conversion of Saul of Tarsus. What an evil man he was, persecuting the early church and making murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He was present at the stoning of Stephen and even went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. No one could fault Saul's fervency and loyalty to his cause, no matter how wrong and evil it was. However, nobody can fight against God and win. It's a lost cause. On his journey to Damascus, the light from heaven shone around him, and he fell on the ground. During the voice of Jesus, he eventually stood up, but was blind. The men with him heard the sound, but saw nothing. They led Saul into Damascus, and he was blind and did not eat or drink anything for three days. In chapter 9 verse 10 it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus called Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with authority from a chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much you must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, 
is that brother Stone, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you, as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Stone's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Well, it not surprising that Ananias was hesitant to obey was set. I mean, after all, Saul of Tarsus, Tarsus was the worst of the worst. What was God thinking of when he decided to choose them? Unthinkable! Go to get to crown. What will people think? I suppose that too could be said of us as well, couldn't it? Why would God choose that? We are sinners, we have disobeyed his laws and gone our own way. Our lives are crooked by sin and rebellion against God. But he, because of his great love, mercy, compassion and grace, has taken each one of us down straight street to straighten out our lives, to change us and use us for the work of his kingdom and for the glory and honour of his name. Hallelujah! What an awesome God we serve! I bet there are loads of stories of Tarsus in the kingdom of God today. And if you don't know Jesus as your saviour, then let him take you down straight street. Remove the scales off your eyes, so you will know how high and deep and wide his love is for you. Yes, you. In Revelation 21, verse 10 and 11, it tells us, And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, and showed me the holy city Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and it brilliant was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. Then in verse 21, the twelve gates of the city were twelve pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. Wow! It sounds absolutely stunning, doesn't it? That is eternity street, folks. And as long as our names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will get to go down eternity street. We will see sights we cannot even imagine. People we have known who have left this life before us. But most importantly, we will see the one who redeemed us by his blood, who bears the wound of his love for us in his hands and his feet, who has a name above every other name, King of kings and Lord of lords, the first and the last whose name is Jesus, and we will sing and worship and adore him. Yes, sing praises to him and glorify his name forever and forever. What a destiny, what a future. For all who know and serve the Lord, only one question remains for me to, be, to, to ask of you. What street are you travelling down today? Amen.